It is a time for children this morning. Kids, I want to invite you to come up as we share together. We have a good word today. Get all our singers up here. Hello, Carol Choir. Good morning. Hi, Casey. Good morning, Wesley. Hi, James. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. I am so glad you are in worship today, and a special thanks to all of our carol choir singers for opening us with joy and praise this morning. What a wonderful way to begin worship this morning. Well, I brought a book with me today. I brought a book, and um, this is one of those books. Did you know I like to buy books? It's a problem sometimes. But I volunteered at, um, at the book fair at the school a little while back, and they told me to be there from like 12 to 2. And when I got there at 12, they said, well, there's not going to be any kids till 12.45 there at lunch. And I thought, well, why am I here at 12? So what do you do for 45 minutes? You read all the books at the book fair, and you buy a stack of books at the book fair. And this is one of those that I bought. And when I got it, I really didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, I didn't know if I was going to keep it at home with my kids or if I was going to give it to the preschool or I didn't know what I was if I was going to keep it in my office. And then when we we were getting ready for Purple Sunday, I thought, oh, I thought of this book and I was so glad that I have it. It is called Safe in a Storm. Safe in a Storm. And I'm going to ask you a couple wondering questions at the end. We might wonder some about storms, and maybe too about places that are safe. But this is Safe in a Storm by Stephen R. Swinburne. And there's a storm coming. And it says, When the storm rumbles loudly and the sky turns to ink, snuggle close, my little mole. Do you see the moles there in the ground? Touch noses, warm and pink. When the clouds grow darker and the rain pelts and stings, I'm here, my little duck. Keep warm beside my wings. As the storm begins to pound, making mountains of the sea, dive deep, my little whale. Swim safely next to me. See him there under the waves? Across the savannah, Clouds grow black and blue. Don't worry, my little giraffe. I'll watch over you. While the wind, rain, and mist hide the pack from view. Close your eyes, my little wolf. I'm right here with you. When the winds howl and blow with all their might... Hang on, my little sloth. I've got you. Hold tight. While the raging storm bends every branch on the tree, snuggle close, my little owl, between the big tree and me. The hurricane winds lash at the ledge where we hide. Cuddle near my little bobcat, safe by my side. Across the meadow, the wild winds do not cease. Nuzzle deep, my little lamb. 
close to my fleece. The big gale sways our tree from side to side. Be still, my little chimp, and pretend it's a ride. The winds moan outside the den we have dug. Hush now, my little bear, inside we're all snug. The rain splashes around, making rivers run high. Stay cozy, my little rabbit. Our burrow is all dry. A storm will always end. Don't worry. Sleep tight. I'll be right here, my little one. I love you. Good night. <clears throat> yeah, it's the puppies. All cozy. Oh, and I think there's one last picture. I don't think it has any words. There they are. They're all snuggled, sleeping all cozy and tight with the storm outside. So I wonder, children, I wonder if you can think of some storms. Can you think of some kinds of storms? What kind of storms can you think of, Ryan? Might be hurricanes. That's a big storm. Mm-hmm. Oh, tsunami, big waves. Mm-hmm. What kind of storms? Blizzards, winter's coming. Timothy? Hail. Hail storms. We've seen some of those. What kind of storms, Bennett? Tornado. Tornadoes? Thunderstorms. Thunderstorms. Yeah, we get those around here. I wonder if you can think of any kind of storms that don't have anything to do with the weather. Can you think of a kind of a storm, something that might be like a storm? You thought of one? When you get angry, yeah, that might be a storm, right? Get frustrated. Yeah. Mhm. What's that? Your feelings. Sometimes your feelings can be a storm. Um, when you're sad. Like if you if you have to stay in bed all day because you're like sick or something. Yeah. Can't really do anything. All day. Can't do anything. You're yeah. You're sad. You're low. Love storm. Love storm. A love storm. Yeah. There could be. There's all kinds of storms, aren't there? Well, there are all kinds of storms. But my prayer for you is that you also have lots of different places to be safe in a storm. I hope and I pray that your home is one of those places. But I also hope and pray that you have lots of other places that you can go and be safe in any kind of a storm. Maybe it's your school. Maybe it's grandma's house or a friend's house. Maybe maybe I hope it can even be this church. Could be a safe place for you in any kind of a storm. Cooper Yeah, might want to see a counselor or something. Mm-hmm. To talk to somebody. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes, it's good to know where the safe places are to go in a, in a weather storm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a nice safe place to go. You get the last one. I'm glad y'all know so much about being safe. I really am. Can we give thanks for that today? Let's pray. You got a hand? Mm, I hope these people all around you are good, safe people to be with. Oh, that love you so much. And let's say, dear God, thank you for being with us in weather storms and all kinds of storms. Thank you, Lord, for the people and the places that are safe for us. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Caroline. Um, Hearing that story reminds me of the place in the Gospels where Jesus um, likens himself to a mother hen who seeks to gather her brood under her wings. Um, And I think that's kind of what this space is for our children during children's time. It's a safe space. Thank you. We are going to hear some words from a very, very small, um, small, brief, prophetic book, the book of Habakkuk. Anybody familiar with Habakkuk? Yeah? Oh, really? Well, of course, Sunday school teachers, perhaps. Yes. Yep, I'm preaching to the choir here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, let me, anybody heard a sermon on Habakkuk before? That was silly, that was silly, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, well, I've got 8.30 people, okay, yes, 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 okay. (laughs) Um, But we are in this, uh, this book this very small book, and we are going to begin in chapter 1. Here are the first four verses, and then go over to chapter 2 and hear the first four verses there. Listen for the word of God. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. 
I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. I discovered the book of Habakkuk when I was in seminary. I say discover. I mean, I had memorized it when I was a kid. You know, the little song that you sing, you memorize the books of the Bible. Um, But really discovered it and read it when I was in seminary and was also um, very deep into Holocaust study. Um, I was a docent at the Holocaust Center here in Dallas when it was located at the Jewish Community Center. Um, And my Holocaust study, I think I've shared that with you all before, Um, led me down um, a path of uh, doubt and uh, a faith crisis. And it is the faith crisis that so many of us, if we allow ourselves, hit up against. And that is, if God is a good God, then why this? Couldn't reconcile it. Couldn't figure it out. And what the prophet Habakkuk did was it gave me words for my dilemma. It gave me words for my complaint. It gave me words for my lament over the suffering that I was learning about and hearing about from survivors and the questions I would hear from school children on tours at the Holocaust Center. It gave me Words to express what was in my heart. And that is what scripture can do for us, can it not? Give us words when there are no words? This that we have heard is in the form of lament. Lament which um, expresses Regret over what is past, over what is no longer, and also offering complaint about what is before the prophet's eyes, or what is before whomever is in a situation that um, seems unjust, wants to express. It is sadness, but in kind of a ritualistic way. 
if you can think of that word as being positive. It gives us a form by which we can express what is in our hearts when we are confronted with injustice and with suffering and when we struggle to find the words. That's what lament can offer us. Now, the prophet Habakkuk, as far as we can tell, was writing about a very specific time when Judah was struggling between two superpowers, Egypt and Babylon. The northern kingdom of Israel, as we have talked about before, had been wiped off the map. Their peoples carted off into different parts of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire collapsed. Babylon came to power in the power vacuum that existed after that. And when Habakkuk begins to write, or begins to proclaim, Babylon is getting ready to invade Judah. And many of us know the story. When Babylon invades Judah, the temple is destroyed, and many of the people of Judah are carted off into different parts of the Babylonian Empire in exile. It is one of the themes that is one of the most profound shapers, I think, of the Hebrew Scriptures. The other being Exodus, being liberated from slavery in Egypt and then exile. And for the biblical writers, it threw them into the dilemma of, if God is a good God, then why is this happening? And Habakkuk begins to wonder aloud and begins to call God to account. Why, God? Why is this happening? Why do I try to draw this to your attention? The violence that is among us, the perverted justice and all this, and you don't answer. We can take these words and we can bring them into our own time at the suffering that is all around us, sometimes closer and more intimate than we ever want to admit or articulate. Biblical theologian and scholar Karl Barth lived during World War II and was active uh, in the movements against Nazi Germany um, in the Reformed tradition. Um, Karl Barth said that a preacher should arise on Sunday morning with the Bible in one hand, let me do it, Bardian style, and the newspaper in the other. And as I perused the paper, the Dallas Morning News yesterday, with our concern in my mind and in my heart for today about the issue, the pressing issue of domestic violence, 
And I turned to the metro section, and there it was, right there. There's a story of a young man. His name is Trent Cresslins. He's a student at OU. And he was leaving a restaurant in Uptown, and he saw a man hit a woman. And so he went up to the man and he told him to stop. And what happened was that the man and his friends then turned on him and beat him, breaking his nose, giving him a concussion, and leaving him with cuts and bruises all over his face. And this young man, Trent, has a condition by which his bones are very fragile. So he was hospitalized because of this. And this is what Trent says. It was just an instinctual reaction. I didn't want to be another person that saw violence and just walked by. I didn't want to be that person. There's another statistic that this article quoted that I want to share with you. And as I share this statistic with you, I want to make you aware, and we have talked about this in the past on other Purple Sundays, is that Sunday, in terms of domestic violence, is the most violent day of the week. Sunday is the most violent day of the week. And the statistic is this, is that in the city of Dallas, which was what the article quoted, between June of 2015 and May of this year, there were 30 deaths attributed to domestic violence. And of the 30, none of them had reported the violence or had sought shelter in a safe house. None. None. And it leads, leads us to wonder, what if? What if a call had been made? What if the hotline had been contacted? In even just one instance, what if resources could have been tapped into Perhaps the figure could have been 29 instead of 30. It's kind of an iceberg situation. If there were 30 that we know of, how many more are there? How many more could benefit from placing a call Or how many would benefit from the little cards that we have in the women's restrooms that say, does someone you love hurting you? The prophet Habakkuk in chapter 2 says, I will stand at my post. I will stand on the ramparts and I will wait 
And I will watch for God to answer my complaint. Now, my friends, there is profound courage and profound faithfulness in offering God our complaint. But there are times, there are times when we are to stand and wait and watch silently. But this is not one of those times. This is not one of those issues in our lives about which we don't speak. I wonder, I wonder how many gathered here this morning have been touched in some way by the issue of domestic violence. Whether it involves your own self, whether it has involved someone in your family, whether it has involved a friend, whether it has involved someone in previous generations in your family, And I wonder how many of us have never spoken of this because of the shame, because of the difficulty of just talking about something like this. My friends, as people of God, we are not silent about this. We are not silent about suffering and about violence. We still wear wear purple because there are still those that suffer. There are still those who need the benefit of our action as a people of faith, whether it is doing something enormously courageous like Trent or whether it's bringing paper goods that will go to a safe house where there are families who have sought refuge in a safe place, or whether it is creating our space here to be a safe place, to be sanctuary in every sense of the word. My friends, That is our call as a people of God, to speak and to not be silent. Amen.